Will the Kings ever lose again? I'm not sure. It may never happen. The beam may be lit after every game at this point. The Kings beat the Spurs 130-112 to to move to 8-6 and six on the season. They've won 8 out of their last 10 and 5 in a row. They did this in a game that they were expected to win. And it was pretty close for a lot of the game. But they pulled away at the end. And overall, it was pretty comfortable. It wasn't the greatest game. It wasn't the greatest performance, even though 130 points sounds great. It definitely was not the smoothest offense we've had. But it's hard to complain when you get 130 points. And a lot of that was due to two guys, Darren Fox and Malik Monk, who were both incredible offensively in this game. Darren Fox was taking over offensively in the third quarter, mostly at the end of the third quarter, along with Malik Monk. Fox was just getting to wherever he wanted on the court in that mid-range, posting guys up and just hitting every shot. And when he would get doubled or collapsed upon, he'd kick it out and Monk would be there for the three. The start of this game definitely felt like a continuation of the Nets game. Just the offense absolutely flowing. Shots were going down. The defense was getting stops. Spurs couldn't score. But then, of course, you know, the first timeout happens and the Spurs get a few buckets. Offense slows down a little bit. And then the first subs happen. Davion and Lyles came in and things definitely slowed down. And the offense went uh, a bit stagnant. And the defense was definitely a problem. Keldon Johnson was out for the Spurs, which gave plenty of opportunity to Devin Vassell, who definitely took that opportunity and played really well in this game. He could not miss. He had 29 points. And Keita Bates-Diop was also good in the first quarter, just scoring at will, really, inside. He had Herder on him a lot of the times, and that's obviously an easy matchup for Bates-Diop. The Spurs are not really good enough offensively where the Kings, where they could exploit the Kings' poor defense to a high level. But, you know, Devin Vassell was making some tough shots. And I think a lot of that was due to the fact that he saw, you know, some open shots go down early. And that's just one of the things I've been talking about is you can't let the guys like that get those open shots early and see them go down because then they'll just be able to make tough shots, but as long as you take away everyone else, you know, it's fine. Jakob Pertl only had 10 points in this game, and that was a bit of a concern going in, and if you limit him to to 10 points, mostly with Keldon Johnson out, you're probably going to win. The Spurs were definitely um, exploiting the pick-and-roll, putting DeMontis Sabonis in a lot of pick-and-roll actions, and Vassell would get wide open in the mid-range a lot of the times because Sabonis wouldn't come far enough. He couldn't, or else Pirtle would be open in the lane. And it definitely was a tough time figuring that out, but eventually we did figure it out. Later in the game, kind of at the end of the third and in the fourth quarter, mostly with Metu out there, instead of Sabonis, they couldn't really exploit that as much. I thought Metu was great defensively, contesting at the rim. I don't think he got any blocks, but he was really good at altering shots. And then once Sabonis came back into the game in the fourth, the Spurs offense 
couldn't really get going again because their momentum had been disrupted. And in the fourth quarter, it's always harder to get things going, mostly with a young, inexperienced team that doesn't really know how to close games. And the Kings took advantage. Terrence Davis started this game in place of the injured Keegan Murray, and he did not play much in this game. He wasn't great, mostly defensively, but also offensively. He started out uh, pretty well. He definitely gives a more of a ball-handling option, unlike Keegan Murray, a guy who can attack more off the dribble. But he was also, I think, feeling himself a little too much from that Brooklyn game and was trying to do a little too much when he's got guys around him like Fox and Sabonis. When you're in that starting unit, you need to defer more to them. When you're on the coming off the bench without those guys in the court, you know, it makes a little more sense to go create a little more by yourself. But I think he got a little overconfident. And mostly when things started going downhill for the Kings, he was a little sped up and turned it over a few times. And the whole team really did that a few times when they just needed to calm things down and get the ball to De'Aaron. Um, but they sped it up a little too much and would turn it over. I thought early on the, the Kings did a really good job of both moving the ball offensively. There's one possession where just everyone touched the ball. It was beautiful. Hit Herter up top for a three that he made. Um, and then also being good on the defensive glass, which is important. Not letting Jakob Pertl kill us on the glass. But then that kind of went away a little later in the game. And I thought Kevin Herter was especially to blame for that. There was just like three straight rebounds that he should have gotten. And he just didn't. And they were offensive rebounds. And I think when you look at his replacement off the bench, you know, Malik Monk as that second shooting guard, it's the exact opposite with him. Malik Monk was saving possessions for the Kings, getting rebounds and hustling for them. And Malik Monk is also a lot better defensively than Kevin Herter. Kevin Herter obviously provides really good shooting next to Sabonis and Fox, but Malik Monk definitely does the other things better, which is not something I necessarily knew was going to be the case coming into this season. Trey Lyles was pretty good in this game. He, I thought he was quietly good offensively for most of the game, although he did have a few not-so-quiet plays. He had a poster dunk, which was really nice. And then he also had a spin move and one in the lane. That was also very nice. And he was knocking down, he knocked down three. And uh, yeah, he was pretty good off the bench. And I have to mention a guy who's kind of comparable to Lyles, I think, um, in terms of body type and, and physical attributes. And it's uh, Jeremy Sohan. I think that's how you say it. And he <laughs> he had a monster dunk on Sabonis, and he also got fouled on that play. That was a that was a contender for for dunk of the year, probably. That was that was insane. 
I thought throughout the game the Kings were just giving up too many straight line drives to the basket, and that is the number one reason why Terrence Davis didn't play a lot of minutes. You know, obviously I mentioned the offensive thing, trying to do too much, but it, it's the defense, which is why what got him pulled from the game. You know, Mike Brown is not going to let you mess up on defense too many times before he pulls you like that. And Terrence Davis allowed a few drives right to the basket that were not good. Harrison Barnes was big in this game, and he finally looks like the Barnes of old. Just had a slow start to the season, so it's good to see him getting back to his old self. And he, I never saw him get exposed defensively like I was seeing all the time at the start of the season. And he was big when the offense wasn't really rolling, and you know the Spurs tied it a few times, and he would just get to the lane and slow, slow roll it into the lane and get foul calls and go to the line. And that was big. Barnes ended with 16 points in this game, eight rebounds, and he was a plus seven, which was second best for a starter. In that third quarter, when, you know, things were close, we were tied, we had a seven point lead going into that quarter and it, you know, went away but we never let the Spurs take the lead. They, they got a few ties, like I said, and Barnes was doing a good job of keeping us just ahead until Fox came back in. And then once Fox came back in, it was tied, I think, 80 to 80 when he came back in in that third quarter. And then he just took over offensively and Davion took over defensively. Davion forced like four turnovers um, on the Spurs late in that third quarter and he even had another play that should have been a, an offensive foul that didn't get called so yeah he was a menace defensively and he also made a, a nice move in transition to get a layup and then Fox took it from there got a couple of mid-range shots and then dished it out to Monk for the three to lead a 7-0 run to quickly take a seven point lead into the fourth quarter after it uh, was looking a little sketchy there. I was never really worried, but it was a li looking a little sketchy there at the end of the third quarter. The bench was, again, big in this game, just like they were against Brooklyn when they uh, scored the most points that any bench has scored for any team all season. They were big again, obviously Monk with 26, Lyles with 14, Metu with 10, and Mitchell with 6. And my boy Chima Moneki, he got 2. At uh, in garbage time at the end. And Chemezi was doing a great job of getting to the dunker spot, getting a bunch of dunks. And he also stepped out, hit a three. And so did Sabonis. So if our two, our two centers are, are stepping out and hitting those open, timely threes, that is a big bonus. And the fourth quarter started, and that is when the Kings finally locked in defensively. Um, they allowed 30 points in the quarter, which doesn't look great, but the game was out of reach um, very quickly. So then, you know, people stopped trying. Benches were put in, so you can't read too much into that 30 points. But early in that fourth, there was a lineup pretty small of De'Aaron Fox, Davion Mitchell, and Malik Monk. But I was mentioning, you know, Malik's defense. Obviously, Davion's a great defender, and Fox has been a great defender this season. 
and all three of them just locked in defensively. And I think it was really led by Davion Mitchell's effort at the end of the third quarter. And then that kind of hyped everyone up and they all got going defensively, really locked in and just made sure that the Spurs could not score. And then at the same time, uh, the Kings were getting enough buckets at the other end. You know, offense was pretty good. You know, Metu getting his, Lyles getting his, and uh, Malik still doing his thing. Pretty balanced offense in that fourth quarter. And then we're up about 17 with maybe eight minutes to go. And we had a lineup out there with no Sabonis, no Fox, no Barnes. And I'm like, I don't know if I'd be this comfortable. You know, I get it 17 points, but there's still eight minutes to go. And you don't have, you know, those three guys out there. But uh, then they put Sabonis back in pretty quickly. And uh, Spurs never went on a run or anything. And that was pretty much the game. Fox ended this game with 28 points, 8 assists, and 0 turnovers on 11 for 15 shooting, 2 for 3 from 3, 4 for 4 from the line. Just the ultra-efficient game from him. And it really was because he wasn't really needed too much, but when he was, he would just go out there, hit a few shots, and then just kind of disappear And then if the team needed him again, you know, he'd take the ball slowly, just direct traffic, slowly get to his spot. He wasn't doing anything really fast. And then he would either find the right guy or score himself. And it was just the ultimate, he had the ultimate control on the game. Like if if this game was closer, he would have shot more than 15 times, but he just didn't need to. Mostly with Monk going how he was going and Monk ended up taking 19 shots. And the same thing can kind of be said for Sabonis. You know, he only had five shots on the game. He ended with 16 points, got to the line a bunch. And he just wasn't needed to score that much. And that's a really good sign against the Spurs. You know, our top scorers are not needed too much. But Fox, obviously, if the game got close in that fourth quarter, he was ready to take over. Not every game's going to be the the prettiest game like it was against the Nets. But they came out and they got a comfortable 18-point win. And you really can't ask for any more than that. Just winning against the teams you should be winning against. Never really being in doubt. And hopefully they can take this same momentum into the game against Detroit for the last game of this homestand. Because then they go on a tough three-game road trip. Detroit is one of the worst teams in the NBA. So it should be should be a win. Though it is a Marvin Bagley revenge game. He's been starting for them recently, which I think shows how poorly things are going for them. He got inserted into the starting lineup a few games ago. There are I think there are three guys that I'm worried about on the Pistons for that game. And it's Boyan Bogdanovich, Sadiq Bey, and Jay Nivey. Those three guys. Boyan Bogdanovich has been great all season. By far Detroit's best player. And he, I think he is, you know, similar to a guy like Devin Vassell. Could really kill us in those kind of pick and roll. If we don't, you know, come out onto him, he's going to find the right pass. And if we give him that space, he's going to hit the shot. Um, 
And then Jaden Ivey, obviously, he's going to just, he's going to take a lot of shots. And if they're going down, they're going down. He's obviously going to be aggressive because that's what he does. He's he's an offensive player. And as for Sadiq Bey, I mean, he, he went for 50 at one point last season. He always can catch fire. I don't think he's been great this year, but he can definitely score the ball. Detroit has not won an away game yet this season. They just lost against the Clippers in Kawhi's return. But they did keep the Clippers to only 96 points, which is not really something I'm worried about with the Kings because the Kings do have the second best offense in the NBA, and they are now seventh in net rating. They have the best offense in the Western Conference, and the only team that is better than them offensively is the Boston Celtics who are on something like a you know 10 game win streak or something like that right now and no no team is hotter than the Kings right now in the Western Conference this game against the Spurs was a really odd game for me because I feel like it was the first time in I mean as long as I can remember really that just within the first few minutes of the game I was just like, yeah, this this is a win. Like, even though it was close in the third quarter, I still, I was never in doubt. And that's a really good feeling to have. I, you know, even in the game against the Nets, I was still like, in the third quarter, we could blow this, even though we had a massive lead. And in this one, we didn't even have a massive lead, but I was still comfortable because I just know we're a better team than the Spurs. And I have a lot of faith in this team now that we are actually a good team. And I think people are starting to take note of that. This team just has so many offensive weapons that on any given night, you could have three guys that normally are producing offensively that aren't, but another three guys are just going to step up. You know, if Sabonis, Herter... Terrence Davis aren't producing, you know, it's going to be Barnes, Monk, and Lyles, or it's going to be Davion Mitchell. And that's just an amazing feeling because the offense is the thing that game to game can really be inconsistent. The defense is for the most part going to be the same from game to game, but the offense is what's really going to be inconsistent. So if our offense is always good, then we're more likely going to win more games than we're going to lose, even if our defense is below average. That is it for this episode of the Roller Report. I feel like there wasn't even that much to talk about because it was just a, a pretty chill game. Kings win. Not too much to worry about, not too much to talk about, just a, a regular Kings win. Hopefully this is really a regular thing now. <laughs> If you are watching on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast, make sure to leave a rating and a review. And I will see you guys next time to recap the Kings versus Pistons game. Peace.